Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Texas Prison Story family. Thank you and welcome back, man. When I left y'all for part one, I was kind of doing something a little different, kind of weird, and actually doing a couple guys a favor. There was, on, on Beaumont Medium, there was very, very few guys from Galveston. There just really wasn't too many from where we're at. And uh, just, just there's just not a lot of federal people here. We never had a federal prosecutor in Galveston for a long time, so most of our cases went state. So therefore, we've got a low population in federal prisons. Now, if you're a man from Galveston and you go to TDC, that's a whole different story. You're liable to see people everywhere you go, liable to be deep, see some homies that you went to school with, everything. In the federal system, it just isn't like that. I was telling some people there was actually it was a three-man Galveston car before I got there. I didn't tell y'all one of those three men only had one arm. So shout out to Danny, a.k.a. Ace. Ace was holding it down over there with one arm, man. And it was violent, and they they called his ass out and make him fight too, man. It just was, is what it is, you know what I mean? Being that there just wasn't too many people from Galveston, it was totally on us, man. Anytime somebody show up, somebody new, whatever, it's, it's our responsibility to check them. It was my homeboy's responsibility to check me and look at my paperwork and everything when I showed up. And it was our job to do it to whoever else showed up. So it's kind of what we were going to do, you know what I mean? But in part one, the weird thing about it was two Aryan brothers came to my cell and they asked me to check a guy for them. And that's kind of uh, almost unheard of to come ask some crib to check a white guy for the ABT, but, like I said, this was almost nobody from Galveston there. They had no idea what the man was about, and they had nobody out here in Galveston they could reach to, and they watched me for about a year be real solid, so I guess they just figured, hey, we'll take Tim's word for it, so that's where we're at right now in part two. I'm standing outside for the five o'clock wreck, and that's the big wreck that everybody goes to. There's no more chows. Everybody's already did their work. Everything, the 5 o'clock wreck is where everything's going to swap hands. Everything's going to happen. That's the one that's kind of like uh, the block party. You know what I mean? You want to be on that 5 o'clock wreck if you can go. So, I'm standing right. You got to come through the metal detector. You got a gate. Come through. You got your arts building to the right with the band and the pool tables and shit. You got to the left over here. There's the equipment with the horseshoes, the baseball bats, and all of this stuff. And you got the exercise room, okay? I'm standing right at the junction, right at first, waiting on this new white guy from Galveston, they told me. And I have no idea who I'm looking for. I don't know what the man looked like. I know nothing. All I know is they told him to come out and look for me, the guy with the gold teeth. So here I am standing waiting. So as I'm standing waiting, man, I, you know, all my homies are passing by. I shake hands. We holler at them, everything. But I kind of brush everybody off that way I can do my thing, you know what I mean? And, here towards the end of the line, coming through the metal detector, is a real, real tall white dude. Man, I'm telling you, I had to look up to him. And he had on these big Coke bottle glasses, man. And I swear, it just didn't look cool, man. I'm like, man, man, this does not look like somebody I grew up with. 
And them Coke bottle glasses kind of looked like some child molester stuff or something, man. I just didn't know. It was, he had that image immediately when I seen him of somebody that you wouldn't want to associate with inside of a prison. So when I'm seeing a dude, man, he walks up to me. We shake hands. I ask him if he knows me. He said no. I ask him, you know, I don't know him. I'm thinking, all right, bro, we're going to figure this out. So I tell him, come with me. Let's go walk around the track, okay? That's what we do. Beaumont had a big old track, and everybody minds their business. If you're out there, you can do what you want to. So we hit the track. I asked him how old he was. The man was one year younger than I was. Asked him about some of his friends. Didn't know any of them. Uh, man, everything he was telling me just wasn't adding up. And I'm on this real penitentiary stuff to where I'm not letting them know it's not adding up. You don't let the guys know it's not adding up till the end. Then you go, hey, this didn't make sense. Guy, what about this or that? You know, so I was trying to be fine like that, but I'm literally just listening to a story and nothing's making sense. You know what I mean? He's telling me he's on some type of drug conspiracy, but he had no co-defendants. Uh, he's, man, what, I just, some other silly stuff that he was telling me about. So I said, man, all right. I'm now realizing why they have me out here talking to this guy. Because he didn't gave them that same BS story and they know it wasn't true. They know I can reach out and call. And they're about to let me green light this guy for them. And uh, man, I just didn't, I don't know. Think about it is, I wasn't in the green light nobody. You know what I mean? That's just not my thing. I was in there into coming home. You know what I mean? Now they're about to give me the choice. So I just didn't know what to do. So as we walk, I'm realizing the guy's messed up, man, and I'm not knowing why. In federal prison, two things make you all bad. You're either a child molester or you're told. And that's the only two things. There's anything else, you can probably pretty get over it. You can get over it. You know what I mean? So basically, I just ran down the rules for the guy. I said, listen, man, this is what I'm doing, and this is why I'm here, and this is who I am. And this is real different right now, so you better take this shit real serious. And he was just listening. And I told him, listen, if you do not get your paperwork, and in paperwork we mean sentencing transcript, sent in here within 30 days, they're going to kill you, man. And they're not going to play with you. And so they already feel like something don't seem right. You need to get that paperwork. When I tell him that, man, and like he says, kill me. I said, yeah, bro, kill you. If you don't got your paperwork within 30 days, man, something's wrong. You got to go. And he said, are you serious? Like, he had no idea that this was even that serious right now. I said, yeah, I'm serious, man. Do you know where you're at right now? He said, man, I've never been to the feds before, bro. No, I guess I don't know where I'm at. I looked at him like, oh, wow. So anyway, uh, we walked for a little bit. He tells me, man, okay, I'm going to get my paperwork, bro. Everything is cool. I tell him how to get his paperwork. And he said, all right, I'm going to get it. Everything's fine, man. Don't worry. He said, I'm from G County, dog. I'm stiff. Everything's cool. I said, all right, bro. But listen to this. I told him, I said, but if you're lying to me right now, when that guard comes tonight for count time, you better beat on that door and tell him you're in danger and you got to go, bro. I say, because this is not a game, you cannot fool us, and there is no bluffing us, bro. Straight like that, so 
Either get your paperwork or go. Don't sit here and let them kill you, man. So, like, that's really all it was, man. Like, we walked probably 10 laps. We couldn't com we couldn't figure out nobody that we knew each other. Something seemed bad funny. And he just didn't seem right, man. And I gave him that straight fair warning that if you're, if you're messed up, you got to go, man. And that, that's what it was. So, as I'm walking back to my wing, I'm now thinking, man, what do I tell these A-B cats, though? Like, they sent me over here thinking I'm going to be able to check them, verify them, and nothing worked. So, I don't know. So, like, literally, as I'm coming up the stairs, going to QA, I see I see my main one that I know up there that came and talked to me, and he's waiting on me. And I'm feeling like a damn clown, man, honestly. I really don't even know what to tell him. So, as I approach the AB, bro, I just really don't even know what to tell him, man. Uh, I'm not feeling good about the situation. So, I basically just man up and explain to him, bro, me and that guy didn't know anybody that was the same. We had, like, no seven degrees of separation. We couldn't figure out nothing. And I got a bad vibe off of him, bro. So, I'm not sure. But he said he's going to bring his paperwork. So, let's just give him those 30 days and see, I guess. And that's what he agreed on. He said, yeah, man. Well, if it gets to day 30 and he's still here, though, it's going to be pretty bad for him because we already got that feeling. And I said, yeah. I said, well, if it gets to day 30, he's probably legit. If not, I don't, I don't see him lasting that long, you know. So it's kind of what it was. I shook hands with the brother. He left. I went and hollered at my homies. We sat down, chilled, played some Scrabble. And then we locked it up. It was 8 o'clock that night. Here comes count time, everything else. Hey, next morning, one of the first things that happened, here come the Aaron brothers, both of them, asking me where that guy went to. I said, I don't know, what do you mean? I started laughing. They said, he's gone, Tim. Whatever the fuck he told him, it scared him enough to where he left last night. And I said, wow, I couldn't believe it, man. Like, that was my first time ever seeing somebody just check in and take flight and really be a mark, man. It was crazy, but that same night, he made it there on that prison maybe three days, man. And that same night, he was beating on that door quietly asking for help. And I couldn't believe it, man. When I came home later, I found out he really was a guy for child porn, you know what I mean? But he really was going to sit there and try to bluff his way through that prison and try to ride it out. So I told him, there's no way that can happen, brother. Get out of here and get dead, man. And he got gone within one day. It was crazy.